Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the Everything Astronomy podcast. This week, Michael and I are joined by a third-year Michigan grad student and a good friend of ours, Cam Pratt. Cam was our intro to astrophysics lab instructor and GSI, by the way, our freshman year, and he researches galaxy clusters for his PhD. Today, we'll be talking about Cam's decision to come to graduate school, his experiences so far, and what his plans are moving forward. Thanks for joining our podcast today, Cam. How are you? I'm doing great. Pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And so a lot of our listeners on the podcast, they're like Joe and myself, they're undergraduates and coming in their freshman year or even continuing to their sophomore year, they're not exactly sure what they want to study. They're a bit hesitant. And so I know for myself out of high school, I knew I wanted to study physics and astronomy. But for Joe, I know he was deciding between linguistics and physics and he ended up now on the physics path. And we were kind of hoping he could uh, kind of bring us to the journey uh, you took as an undergraduate, kind of where you went and whether or not, like when you kind of uh, came to the decision to uh, study physics or astronomy or some mix of something, and then eventually like making that decision to go to graduate school, since we know it's you know a pretty daunting process, at least from our perspective as, as undergraduates. Yeah, for sure. Well, it definitely could seem like that. I get that. Um, well, to dig way back so when I first like I'd say I first got excited just like in science in general and I kind of was like that through middle school um I always just found that more intriguing I hated English I hated reading I hated fiction books so much so like I could only read textbooks and I'm kind of still like that today I really can't read fiction books but um I do enjoy reading my textbooks I like learning and science um was really important for me um it actually is kind of what i find to be divine like i i remember growing up and religion was a big thing for me i remember my parents brought me to church and told me believe this believe that but one of the things that has really like grown inside me and become part of who i am is that i didn't want to listen i wanted facts i wanted to figure this out for myself and i would say even to this day that is my main driver i'm always asking questions i'm always trying to learn new things and that's not just within physics um and i'd say probably the thing that brought me to astronomy um is because i think it answers two pretty big questions is what we are and where we are and now i think the astrophysics part can answer a little bit more of where we are um but i mean like you learn about how elements are created um, and then you learn through all parts of astronomy, how like the earth formed and things like that, um, how life could have started here. And so it really did help fill that gap for me of where, what, like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, the why and everything like that, I'm not going to go into, I don't, if you know the answer to that, I'd love to know, but, um, that re that really kicked it off for me. And because, um, in middle school, and going into high school, you know, and you got to start kind of thinking about college, you know, life moves pretty fast. You always have like four or five years ahead of you that you need to think about. And so as like a teenager, this is pretty difficult, right? Yeah. So for me, like it was, what, what is, what did I find to be most passionate about? Now I know a lot of people in especially like high school were like, oh, I want to go do this job for, cause my parents told me to do it or I want to do it for money or 
you know, things like that. And I said, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to go with something that I wanted to work a job where I didn't have to work a day in my life. Now, you, you know, obviously it, it makes it a lot better if you, you enjoy what you're doing, but we still have to like go to work and stuff like that. But that was the big thing for me in, in high school was what do I see myself doing for the rest of my life? And honestly, this is kind of crazy. I probably wouldn't have um, even decided going into uh, astrophysics in college because in high school, I was actually trying to get recruited for soccer. Uh, I was trying to get heavily recruited for soccer. I was making like highlight videos and stuff like that. It took up so much time and never went through with it. <laughs> but it was one of the best decisions at the same time too. Um, you know, as, as a college athlete, you, you know that they barely have any time. And then if you have no time, how are you supposed to, to learn? And that's the whole point of going to college. Um, so in high school, I took an astronomy class. It was actually my senior year. First time it was ever offered in my high school. And it was my favorite science teacher at the time teaching it. And I loved it. I still didn't know if that was like really what I wanted to do because, you know, like I said, I love all science. I love biology. I love chemistry. Um, all of those, you know, classes that help you answer the question, you know, what are we, where are we, all these things like. Um, so I was probably going to go into biochemistry. I think that's what the, my plan was. And I don't know what it was. Um, I was applying to schools and I visited Boulder, Colorado. And my dad was an alum there and I saw that they had a great astrophysics program. And so eventually I was just kind of like, you know, what, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I don't really know exactly what it was other than maybe taking that one class in high school. But I think it was just ultimately kind of a subconscious decision. It was just like, what do you really think is the most important thing when you die? What do you want to know? And I think that was really what it was. Kind of crazy and, to talk about this, guys. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny that because that, Michael seems to have been a lot the same, the same way, that he, he was really passionate about astronomy in high school. And he came in, he went to college thinking, huh, this is really what I want to study. Whereas for me, I, was, I loved physics when I was yeah, smaller. And then at, towards the end of high school, it just auto, it was on autopilot. I was pretty good at it. And so it, I always thought, okay, this is what, just what I'm going to do because I'm not working too hard. And this is somewhat serious and people seem to like me doing it. So I thought, okay, this is fine. And when I showed up in college, I thought, holy, yeah, what am I going to do? This, you know, it, there's so many things for me to do now. And I, I think I became a physics major kind of by accident because in my first semester, I came, so I came to international orientation to register for classes. So I was in the last couple thousand, I was in the last thousand freshmen out of the 8,000 freshmen to come in to register. And so there were no classes available. And so I took honors physics one, which is actually a cool class. And the teachers, the professor was really cool. And I, that's probably the only reason why I kept going down the physics track. And then every semester, the, the same thing just came up again. And it was like, oh, I can just take more physics and this is fine, so I'll do it. And it's pretty interesting. But I never thought, huh, you know, this is really, really what I want to do because I don't want to do anything else. Did you, kind of, did you think I want to do physics because 
this is support astronomy because it's something as opposed to nothing or were you really did you really really like it on its own i mean so it's a little bit of both right i mean <laughs> you know life doesn't stop and you have to make decisions like you know i'm kind of right now at, at, in the middle of doing that again but i mean like you know choosing to go to college and then choosing to go to grad school and then you know afterwards there's things that you you need to make decisions eventually and roll with it and you really just hope you made the right one i mean I mean, that might sound terrible, but it, it is the reality. So with, with everything that you choose, there's a risk, right? So to be honest, I didn't even think about jobs when I was going into astrophysics. I just wanted to go because it was cool. And I, I just like, I want to be an astrophysicist the rest of my life. That's the only thing that I think is cool. And I'm going with it. Um, so, but like, you know, uh, eventually then I made the decision to, to go to grad school. And so that was... Um, another decision that, that I needed to make. So it was, it was kind of a little bit of, there's always ambiguity in everything that you do, unless you got your life down to a T, which I hope you don't, then you take life too seriously. Um, but you know, and you gotta, life, life throws things at you, they, good things, bad things um, that you have to, to go around. So um, you gotta always have different plans, like plan A, B, C, probably D, and, you know, just make, make them all great. And so if you can't do one, you can do the other, um, or at least do, do your best to do that. So that's, that's kind of how it was for, for me. It was like, like, yeah, I knew I wanted to do it, but like, could there have been other things that I would have done that I also would have liked? Of course. Um, and you know, it's just a decision that you have to make and you got to be comfortable, um, with where you're going in, in life, just with making sure that what you do is what's going to make you happy. In my opinion, that's the way it, um, that I went about it, at least. And then, how I was gonna say, uh, at your time at Boulder, was there a, a time when you looked when you looked back and said, "I made the right decision in studying astronomy," or um, was there any hesitation in terms of when you're in your classes, your physics oh, astronomy classes? Oh, I, I get what you mean. I mean, yeah, eventually, some of your physics classes for me is just like, I holy cow, I. I need so much help, but you know, uh, it, it takes the passion to get the help. You know, there are geniuses in physics, don't get me wrong. Um, but they're like everybody in just, I'd say the ones that succeed really are the ones that come in with the passion. Those are the ones that are going to be willing to, to stay up to do their homework, not to get it correct because they want to know the answer. Um, so th that's something that I, undergrad sucked, you know, and it's so did grad school, like the classes, they sucked. But looking back on it, I was like, I learned so much. And that's exactly, that's what I paid for, right? And I paid all this money to go to college to learn. And I learned exactly what I wanted to know. Well, obviously there's still things that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, but, uh, but as far as like, and being in, in Boulder too, that, that was a, uh, pretty tough there's a lot of distractions with like being in like you can go to the mountains hour and a half away I can go snowboarding and things like that um but I would just like you know have to do my homework in the car kind of like you know after soccer practice you're coming home mom makes you finish your homework um kind of thing but you know that's that's what I what I needed to do um there there are definitely times where I was like and I think everybody goes through this in, in a hard science field. They, they experience imposter syndrome, right? Um, 
And so, yeah, of course, at one point I was just like, there's no way that I'm like as good of the kids in my class. I should just stop. And that's a other terrible thing about science. At least I think, I think it's kind of more built up than what it actually is. I think people think that if you're in science, then everybody's competitive. Everybody's trying to be better than you. And I really haven't met those people. So, but I think everybody puts it in their head. I think it's really just a figment and you know, for, for better or worse, it might drive some people, but you know, it can really crush others. Um, so that imposter syndrome sucks. I mean, I think every, I, I still deal with it when I go to like conferences and things like that, but you know, that just comes with experience. Um, but yeah, looking back at, at undergrad, I, like I said, I, I just, I can't, I remember the, the late nights doing homework, crunching to get homework done before class and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it was tough, but I would definitely do it again if I had to. I think I made like the right choice. Yeah. And have you, did you ever find it very frustrating either in undergrad or even still in grad school that you kind you go in there and you're thinking, oh yes, this is super cool. I'm going to learn about black holes or something. And then you get there and you're thinking, oh, whoa, I just spent like tons of hours and multiple months trying to learn something. And now that I'm, now that I know, now that I know a lot more about it, there's so many more questions that I have. It's just the rabbit hole that never seems to end. It's like, oh, you're in high school, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to learn about general relativity and gravity. And then it's, it's like, oh, yeah, but now there's all this other stuff. And like, you know, what if space has like non-zero torsion and stuff like that kind of thing. And you're thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do? There's, I only have like 80 years in my life and I would need thousands to study everything that I want to study. Did you get frustrated with how kind of specific you have to be? Because if you want to go into astronomy to you know, know more about who you are, where you come from in our universe. Most people, you know, when they go to grad school, only end up studying a tiny part of astronomy. It, did, did you ever get really frustrated by that? Or is that just, is that, are you happy with that? Oh, I mean, I mean, of course it's frustrating. I mean, you just want to learn more, like as much as you can. Um, but I mean, like it goes, it's not just your field. It goes for everything, at least for me. So like, for instance, by me studying space, I don't get to learn about evolutionary biology, which I'm also very fascinated with. Um, but I have friends in it who can teach me. And so that's, that's, that's um, honestly what I, what I do a lot is that I find myself, I get together with um, other people who are in the medical field, psychology, various fields, and they, we talk. You know, they wanna know more about space. I wanna know, learn more about what they do. And, you know, it's, if we, if we didn't study our specific little portions, then we wouldn't really be experts. Yeah. Now, I would, I would say, um, by, so like when you're, when you get your master's in, in grad school, um, the point of that, and you have to pass like, uh, the preliminary exam. I think the, the point of that is to make sure that you have mastered at least all current aspects of astrophysics. And I definitely feel like I did. So like, for instance, like I study galaxy clusters. My hardest class, but my coolest class was learning about the interior of stars. So like, I, I at one point probably knew more about stars than I did like my own research just because I was just diving into it so hard. 
and and that's how it goes and and even some professors they they find themselves changing fields so like um you might start off as an extra galactic professor but then find yourself you know working with earth satellites or studying the sun or you know it's from what i've heard it's wherever their interest takes them and they get paid for it now generally when you've been working on something for 30 40 years or something like that it's kind of hard it's kind of like your, your baby and you don't want to teach uh, old dog new tricks but you know people do it. it it's not unheard of um but i mean yeah and like talking to my my colleagues as well they they all study different aspects so like again when i was in my stars class and i was struggling with something i go to the person who sits behind me who studies stars and and we we talk and it's it's amazing to watch your colleagues develop into experts in their their own field so sometimes like you don't notice it yourself but when you're explaining it to somebody else who doesn't study what you do you realize that you're really just picking up this gained knowledge and these tiny details and eventually at one point you you want to and i i think you, you were asking about like am I frustrated that I don't get to learn everything else? But I'm also very excited to probe like untouched territory. Yeah. I think about questions that people, at least few people have thought of before. And that's really dope in my opinion. Like I, you become, because well also because astronomy is a little bit small too compared mm. to most things. So yeah, you do become like kind of one of the world's experts by the time that you start getting to that point. And that, that's um, really gratifying, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say that you said all of that stuff because we were talking to Pat Seitzer last week and he made quite a big point about science getting done only with people being social um, and how, pe how most science now doesn't get done by a single dude or a single person thinking about a problem, it's multiple people. And com we, by combining the different things that they know, they can kind of fill in the gaps and learn more things. So that, I mean, that, that's, that, that's kind of interesting. I thought I had, I hadn't thought about the kind of social aspect of science. And it is interesting to hear that even people in grad school find that important. And I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely good, at least for us as undergrads, it's good that, people in our classes stick around because you can you can get help from each other in classes but then it's it's interesting to see how how it gets even more important as it goes on because i think instinctively you would think it's the other way around you start off needing a lot of help so you need to be social but then the more you become good at your subject and the more you become an expert the less you need other people's help mm. yeah i agree with you totally and eventually what it what it comes down to i remember we had we did this multiple times when we had a, a hard homework what we would do is just sit in a huddle room I'm, I'm sure you guys do this too is you just sit in a huddle room and you talk and you start bouncing ideas around and eventually it will click for someone and then the whole room lights up uh, <laughs> but yeah that's that's basically also what what happens with larger collaborations like think lhc or um, you think about like the Planck telescope collaboration. There's collaborations everywhere. Um, yeah, people do need to work together to get things done because people need to be experts in really detailed pieces in order to bring that collaborative effort together. 
yeah, that absolutely. I think that it does. I think it grows as you, as you mentioned earlier, as you get older. And, and speaking of, well, when you were in Boulder before you decided to go to grad school, did you, so, I mean, I think a very big question for a lot of people is yes, they would like to keep learning, but do, are they really interested in doing research as opposed to just learning something that already exists? And this, I mean, this is a question that I've been pondering for the last couple months now that we have quarantine and that we're going, Michael and I are joining or entering your junior year. We're thinking, Oh no, is it, do I really want to do research or go and do something else? When you were in Boulder, how, how did you go about finding out whether you wanted to do research for the next five years after college or? And also did you skip around in terms of research projects? Did you like realize that, you know, you didn't find something interesting and you just found something new to study? Right. Okay. I think that's, both of those are very important questions. And yeah, I think this is probably the, the biggest thing that I, I want to like let people know when they, when they ask me the sorts of questions is that research is, is a really different type of work. Um, it's really, it's driven by you. I mean, you'll get an advisor, but it, it is all you. So when I was talking about like that motivation and that passion, you can't do research without it. Like, it's just not possible. Like, but it's, it's not a bad thing though. You know what I mean? So like, for instance, like I'll be outside playing with my dog and I'll start thinking like, huh, what if I did this to my data set? What, what, what would happen? But you know, like that's, it's, it's working, but it's not, you know? So that, but that's kind of what research requires. It remember, it requires you to always be on that and thinking what's going to happen. So when I first started research, oh God, I hated it. I had no idea what I, what I was doing. I was making no progress. I like coding, coding for me was really hard to get over the learning curve. Um, but I, I, I just remember I didn't, I didn't like it because when I didn't know how to do something and it would take me days to figure it out. And like, usually I'm not, I'm not used to that. Like, you know, in undergrad, you know, there might be a problem set, like one or two questions that could take you a few days to figure it out. But when you sit down and do homework, like you should be able to get like a decent chunk of it done when you plan to, right? Well, with research, there's like, there's nobody to say like done, you know, it's, it's you and it's, there's this kind of, it's very loose, um, but you need to do it right. You need to, you have the freedom to do whatever you want um, within reason, but the, the whole point of, of doing research and get it, getting it published in, in a journal is that you are telling the world, this is what I think, and I believe it to my grave that, that this is correct. Now, people make mistakes, and they go in and back and make changes, so it's not like life or death, but you know that's basically what you're doing. When, whenever you publish something, you're saying, here's my ability, what do you all think? And if you get enough people to get on board with you, they start citing your paper. And then that's the, that's the direction that astronomy now moves. So that's a lot of power that you have in the community, um, but it's also a lot of responsibility. So it's, it's pretty daunting. Cause like, I, I remember in undergrad, oh God, I, I, there was this one script that I just kept screwing up. I couldn't get it right. It was huge. I was a terrible programmer, still am. Uh, just like, I, I couldn't get it right. And then eventually I got it to the point. It took me months and I was happy with it. I found no problems in it. And, you know, that was my, my sense of accomplishment and it, and it felt great, but that took two years of me really not liking what I was doing. Um, 
And I questioned myself. I'm like, so many times I was like, is research what I want to do? Do I really want to go to grad school? And my, the biggest advice I have for anybody that's thinking about going to grad school is to get multiple opinions from people about what they think about it. Because everybody has a different story. So like, for instance, this is mine. I hated research at the beginning and I grew to like it. I liked the sense of accomplishment. I think I grew to like research even more when I got to grad school um, because you're doing it more and you're getting better at it. And that's the other thing. You, research is, it, it really is a talent. You, and you get better at, as you do it. Or it's a skill, not a talent. But anyways, um, that, that's, that's really, that's, it's fun. It's, it's fun to watch yourself get better, but it is definitely not for everybody. I will stress that 100%. If you, if you just like kind of think like, you know, like, I, like, okay, like I said, I'm always thinking about what I'm doing, but I like it. If you don't do that, or if you can't see yourself doing that, then it's probably not. You, you, you need to just, it's the, it's a dedication that you can't teach. It's just kind of, it's there, it's a fire. Um, now, I guess, I hope, my, I hope my sister doesn't see this, but my sister just went into grad school and she's getting her PhD as well. Just finished her first semester. I don't, I don't think my, my sister, oh, she's doing it for physical therapy. I, I should mention that. Um, and I don't necessarily think she's doing it for the right reasons. I think she might be doing it because maybe partly I decided to, to go get my PhD. Um, but when I, when I try to talk the science out of her, when I, when I really try to like get down into the roots of like what she knows and what she finds interesting, I just don't see that fire. Now she's a very intelligent person and she's going to do just great. And she could in this, my guess is this probably will happen as it kind of happened with me is that she'll probably grow to like it and she'll probably really grow um, to like the work that she's doing. Um, but you know, you can't, and, and people adapt, right? But you know, if if you if you can't see yourself doing that, um, then then research is, is just not for you. It's not like it, it's like some some people don't like playing baseball. I don't like playing baseball. Don't play baseball, right? Like you know, you if you played it enough, you'd probably end up liking it, right? But it's definitely a really hard reality to face because, and I mean for sure. I, for example, I thought when I was in my freshman year, I thought grad school, obviously, like this is totally the thing to do. And then I joined a research lab, massive ego check as well, because I thought oh, I'm pretty good at this physics thing. I, I got this. And then I joined the lab. I'm like, oh, I know nothing. I am just nothing. Like I know nothing. Um, and it's, I still don't know whether I'll do it in the future. That's an open question, but it's definitely a, a it's a hard reality to face to maybe think that I, I either can't cut it or that I'm probably maybe not as passionate or interested as I thought I was. Because I think a lot of people think, oh yeah, I'll, I, you know, I like research. Obviously everyone likes discovering things. But then when you realize that research is not just discovering things, it's more work than it is discovery. That's, that's definitely not a, not something, not a, it's not a question I like having to ask myself. I totally echo that. I, I get it. I, I, I think for me, again, sense of accomplishment is huge. And, you know, you can, when you, when you get like, for instance, like 
I think this is kind of where research differs from like other jobs that you'll be doing. When you, when you publish a paper, you did it literally for you, like that you reported to yourself and that was basically all you, not like I did this for my boss. Yeah. And so that, I think that is something that people, if they, if they want that, that that's what the, the route you should take. If, if you, if you like that desire, um, but you know, again, there's, it's, if, if just cause you can do research doesn't mean you should do research. Mm. Right. Um, and if you like research, it's not even that you should do research again, life throws like random crazy things at you that you might want to do. For instance, actually, this was, this was nuts. I'm glad I didn't join it. But, um, when I was in Boulder, I took a year off between undergrad and, and grad school and I was a valet and um, one of the kids I was working at had this really brilliant idea. It was like Airbnb for your park, for your, um, your parking space. So like, oh, when you're, when you're gone during the day, you can rent out your parking spot. So this was a big problem in Boulder because there was no downtown parking. So people, but there's houses nearby and like if their driveway was open, you know, just charge people to park there. Brilliant idea. Dude moved to San Diego to start the company and was doing just amazing for the first two years. He was getting investors. Um, he was on the news. I saw clips of him on the news like all the time and stuff like that. And he was like, hey, I, I, I helped him start it too, actually. I, I went around talking to um, app developing companies and gave them estimates on, you know, how much is this actually going to cost to develop this app um, and, and stuff like that. So I was kind of there at the beginning. But, you know, he, he started this about three months before I came uh, here to Ann Arbor. So, and he was like, hey, you got a spot if, if, if you want it. And I was like, damn, <sighs> that, could be, that could be cool. Making a, this app with my buddies out in San Diego. Like, ah, do I want to go to grad school or do I want to do that instead? And so um, what ended up happening actually though is that when COVID hit, um, basically everything went to hell for him he ended up selling it um he got in some lawsuits so um good i didn't take that route but like you know there there was like that that option was there and so it's like i there there are other things that that i enjoy doing astrophysics is, is a big big one of them um but i could have done other things in, in astrophysics too it didn't have to be research um and so I, I think I think I chose research probably or like after it, it was when I was writing my thesis in undergrad it was about the time that I was also applying to grad schools and oh my god that was a terrible time it was so much work um, but you know when I was writing my thesis and like seeing this all kind of come down on a page and like dang this is like literally two years worth of work right right here and like that I don't know something about that just hit like just hits it's just like you can see your progress and you just you can when you publish a paper and you can look at it and be proud and i i think that's there's nothing more rewarding in in a job field that i can think of and then you you mentioned that it's usually like research is for yourself but do you ever or did you ever find as an undergraduate or now as a graduate student that there are you know external pressures in terms of getting deadlines or getting money or kind of this idea that you have to, you know, find a solution to your research in order to move forward in the field oh or God, all the time. You do it well as well, because it, 
it has to be accepted by your peers. And if they don't like it, that's the, that's yeah. the end. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this honestly just happened to me this week where I, I'm trying something new. I have no idea how to do it. And so I spent three days researching and we have two meetings a, a week. I had nothing to show. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. Like, but like um, my professor, Joel, doesn't put a ton of pressure on me, but I also think he trusts me. Um, that is not the same for other advisors. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, I probably should leave out names, but like there are, there are people in my class who their, their advisors gives um, uh, daily meetings at 8 a.m. Daily meetings, 8 a.m. <laughs> I have a Wednesday, two o'clock and a Friday, 12 o'clock. And that's like perfect for me. Um, but like, you know, in that, that depends on the advisor, the, the advising style. Um, but yeah, your, your peers is, is another one too. Your co-authors, um, they're, they're usually not the ones pressuring you. Cause if, if your name is first author on a paper, it, it's your project. And so like, you're the one responsible for basically writing most of it, getting it out the door. Like it's your baby. People are there to kind of babysit for you and like, you know, help you along the way. Um, so I don't think they necessarily give as much like deadlines and stuff like that. Now the criticisms they can give you can just be heinous. <laughs> and I, I've, I've seen that in um, one of the papers that I was co-authored on. So um, it wasn't my paper, but, um, one, one of them just, one of the co-authors just ripped the paper to shreds and was just like, I don't believe your result. And so that happens. It hasn't happened really in my research group here at Michigan, but in other, other, uh, research groups, it definitely can. And this is kind of just going back to what I've been saying is that every research group is different. Um, and that is very dependent on advisor who, who you choose. Um, I got kind of lucky with Joel. So before I came, before I came here, I actually was going to work um, with, with Monica working on using Gaia data to study uh, the dark matter halo of the Milky Way. It sounded really, really cool. Um, but I was reading some of her papers and I just eventually just found it like it got boring. And so Joel, I knew was a friend of my old advisor. And so I didn't even know I was going to work with him. I just kind of like emailed him being like, Hey, like got a spot. And he was just like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> and honestly, I made the great, like the best decision. Joel is just amazing. Honestly, I think I'm just like the version of him, like <laughs> probably like 50 years later, 60, I don't know how old he is, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty cool, but I, I never knew that. I, I, I did a terrible job picking advisors. For people that are going to be picking advisors in grad school, you should definitely do your research better and get to know them before you pick them. Um, another thing about advisors is that people change. Some people choose an advisor and end up like just hating their guts. I've heard, unfortunately, a few cases of this, not just in astronomy. I've heard this outside of the, um, but it happens, right? So, um, advisors do matter because um, you, you're really just building a friendship with an older colleague, kind of like a big brother almost, or an older sibling, I, I should say. Um, at least that's what I think you should have it aimed at. If, 
if it's not like that, if you can't be honest with them about certain things and like, you know, it's probably not, not a good relationship, but there, some people, um, I know, I know some people who are completely different from their advisors. They, they don't have the same interests and things like that. And they work great together. They just are like, you know, just to business. And some people might want that in advisor. So it, it all depends on um, who you are as a person. Um, and another thing with that is like, you want to make sure that your advisor with is kind of on the same page with you. And you want, you want them to, if, if you want them to set expectations for you and like write it out, they should be willing to do that. If you say, hey, I want to meet every single day at this time, even if it's for five minutes, they should be able to accommodate. Um, that might be a little much, but you know, like I said, the other research group did it every, does it every day at, at uh, 8 a.m. And you know, they're fine with it, so. Mm -hmm. um, and when applying to Michigan uh, for graduate school, like what uh, do like, did you look for certain advisors or for, for certain researchers in your field? Or did you just apply to a school because it was a school you could apply to? Um, so uh, a lot of that is, um, it's convoluted. So for me, uh, when it comes to picking, when it came to picking schools for me, I had a pretty strict criteria. My, my first criteria was, I am not picking a school I cannot see myself being happy at. So I did not pick Harvard. I didn't even look at any Ivy League schools. I just who Is that I am because of the pressure, like that um, they're maybe, known for. Or? Uh, maybe yeah. I think it was um, kind of the the reputation that they have. I just don't see myself necessarily vibing with that culture of people. Okay, other people might thrive in it, but I I would hate it. Um, but. And, and like also geographically, like I'm not, I wasn't going to apply to the middle of Illinois, like, you know, or Indiana, no mountains. Yeah. Or Ohio state. Like what the, what the hell? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I definitely applied there, but, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, geographics was definitely um, a big one for me. I didn't want to leave Boulder at all, but you know, typically in, in our field, they don't, let they they had at least advise you to not apply to the same school they really want you to diversify yourself which i think is actually a really good thing um it just kind of sucks because like when you get to undergrad and like you make friends four years and everything's just great and it's just like you know bye but like that's a lot of people hang around but that's just like you know growing up growing up sucks but um so I, yeah so geographically was a big one for me i love the midwest i'm from minnesota um uh, I love lakes. I love doing outdoor stuff. Minnesota people or Midwest people are generally nice. Um, I also applied to places out West, um, but I also didn't apply to places where I thought I could get myself into trouble. So I didn't like apply to like the University of Santa Barbara or San Diego or, you know, things like that. I, I wanted to go somewhere where um, the culture was good. Is, is that a problem in the daily life of a grad student? Because you do have quite a lot of autonomy and you're not 18 like uh, uh, undergrads are and people trust you because you're doing something really serious. 
is that is that a problem that a lot of grad students face where they're thinking oh i'm doing something really serious people people listen to me because i'm doing something that sounds smart and they seem impressed but then they there's so much stuff around you that people just wash out is does that is that a problem or is that just not really a thing it's actually a pretty interesting question um yeah i think and and you got you guys know me i i think a lot of people for for me personally when i tell them that i'm a phd student getting an astrophysics degree they're, they they tell me like oh you don't look like that and and things like that and it's weird it's kind of like being judged off first hands like what so you thought i was stupid like looking at me like like the first thing you thought of me um so you know that it's it, it is weird it, people look look at you like that and especially just because i mean most of people don't go into um a research science field and so most people don't know exactly what it's like and so honestly if i say the word astrophysics most people are just like oh that must be impressive you don't even know what that means <laughs> so um I, I swear like a lot like for my friends back home a lot of them don't even know what a galaxy is which like nobody taught them though that's the thing like i um but you know i when re research and being an astrophysicist isn't like who i am i mean it, it is a big part of who i am but like there there's there's a lot more um to my character a lot more things that i value that um i think doesn't necessarily um get taken in the way that like um you know i'm a researcher i i'm a bookworm all i do is work 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 which let me tell you that uh we we definitely have that reputation um it's but it's not like like, like i said earlier it's not like we're working because we're we feel like we have to we do it because we want to it's different mm -hmm. um but yeah, um, I say, I'd, say, I'd say one of the things that I've, I've liked the most doing, and, and Mike's done this too, I know, is, is working at the planetarium. That, that thing is so awesome. And I love being able to connect with, with people who are just there and interested. And I feel like, you know, you can kind of step away from, this is me as the scientist, this is just me, your friend, and let's learn together um, with, the, with the public. And that's, really cool i miss that so much mike because of covid dude oh unfortunate i know i looked forward to doing my shows like all of the time it was kind of like just like a break and you you gotta remind yourself that astronomy is still cool and when you're, <laughs> when you're stuck learning all this damn physics so but um yeah i said i think that's another thing too for people that are you know thinking about going into to astrophysics, one of, the, one of the things that like I got is getting me through like, you know, all this hard math and everything is go look at the stars every once in a while, you know, watch Interstellar, you know, just really, you know, indulge and just remember that you're doing this because um, you think it's cool. It's really easy to forget that. Um, that's, as a that's, that's what I found. Oh, that's, that's what I found with my physics classes is like with every semester, if I take physics class, I know I need to take an astronomy class to kind of remind myself like how interesting uh, space is. <laughs> yeah. Or even like getting stuck on like problem sets with physics. Like I always like return to my research and like remind myself like why I'm doing this in the first place because I'm passionate about the research, even though I'm frustrated with my homework. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like 
that's how most people um, are, are as grad students is like, we have homework still, but most people want to focus on their research because it's like, it's, it's their baby. They, they want to like, you know, get it, get the job done. And, you know, classes are still cool and everything like that, but they're, when, when it's, when it's your work and your research, it's, it's just, I don't know, there's something different about it, but. And so what, what does the daily life of a grad student look like? Is it, do you spend most of your time on classes or research or meeting with other people, um, trying to no get wording. money for your, for your, for your research? I mean, there's definitely a lot of different, there's loads of things that you have to be balancing and there's, and it all has to go towards one final outcome. So like how, what, what do you have to do every week? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, that, that's a tough question to ask um, a Michigan grad student because it depends on what year you're in. So I just got done taking my first two years, which is kind of like the hazing period. Um, so I can take you through that. Um, that was me realizing that I had no time management skills whatsoever, but somehow things got themselves done. Um, yeah, it's so let's see. I would probably go to class in the morning then you get like a few hours in the day between your next class or a meeting or a colloquium or something and that's when you either do homework or do research um, depending on what you need to do sometimes your research will be more demanding at certain times than others and so like you need to get that done real quick and then your colleagues will will recognize that or like for for instance if you need to write a proposal and there's a proposal mm -hmm. deadline like your colleagues would be like oh like we'll help you on the homework you really just focus on that um so, th so that happens um and when that happens that that was that's when grad school gets really hard is there's like snippets of like two to three weeks where you're just like going 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 and then you'll get a break and then it'll be just be like um just be like classes or something like that um but yeah, it would, it would be go to class, just work with your classmates or by yourself on something for the few hours. Um, I take naps at all, I bet like not long naps. I take like 10 minute naps and like, I am the biggest advocate for naps cause I just wake up and I'm so much more refreshed and much more efficient. So, um, and then, yeah, then you have colloquium and then, you know, I think that's really it. Oh yeah. And then you also have to teach. <laughs> so that that's thrown in there as well. Um, so that, that eats up your life. <laughs> um, it's, it's, so I, I'm making it kind of sound like it sucks, but it's actually, it's pretty fun. Um, in a sense, in that, like you remember that sense of accomplishment I, I've kind of been saying like that's, that's there constantly because you're doing so many things. So like, if, for instance, te this is why teaching is so great. When you really help somebody learn, when you get them to, to understand something that you're trying, like an idea, like that's great. That's a win for the day. That's a big win for the day. And so that kind of energizes you and keeps you going and motivates you to, to do another thing. Um, and also when you have like that sort of hectic lifestyle as a grad student, it, it shifts your mind around. So like you're not focusing on just like one thing at a time. Um, cause with classwork, I'm terrible at this. If I, if there was like a homework problem that I couldn't figure out, I would just stare and try to figure it out. 
and I wouldn't let it go. It's like a dog with like a rope. I just like wouldn't stop. And that was pretty bad. But like you, you, you move on to the next thing when, cause you have to like in grad school. So you're forced to put it down and then come back to it later. Um, but you know, I really should have had a calendar to be honest. I, I, like I said, I don't know how things got done. They just did. <laughs> I didn't miss deadlines or things, things like that, but that's just kind of, I, maybe that's just how I operate just chaos. But like, you know, I, I looked at um, one of the other grad students calendar and it was just like filled with stuff like day to day. I'm like, is that what we do every day? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a lot, but like I said, at the end, it's really fun. I think, the thing that really sucks though about at least me, not sucks it's good and it's bad i'm just saying it sucks because it's stressful but michigan's program they require you to publish the first authored paper by the end of your second year um which is really just a year and a half if you think about it um and then you have to take a preliminary exam and both of those are very stressful things um but again once you get over them that reward is you know, it's uncomparable to, to anything to say that you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's common for other schools to like force you to like switch mentors and switch research. Would you mm-hmm. rather have like a research paper published after a year and a half over switching? That's actually, an int- I've thought about that. I, that's pretty interesting. I, maybe, <laughs> um, because if, if you're completely switching gears, like, then you spend a lot of time just learning about the field. So like anybody who's just starting research, the best thing you can do is read and look at citations and look at those, read intros and abstracts and ask questions. Um, but that takes a long time, you know, to really grasp what's going on. And so part of me feels like that might be time wasted towards getting your degree, but it's definitely not time wasted in knowledge, right? Like you, you're still going to be doing something great. Um, but like, if you don't, if you don't get a paper out or if you don't like, you know, discover anything, then it, it almost feels like a, a waste of time when you could be spending that time to get out of grad school faster and, you know, and move on with your life. So, um, but you also, I, I, I imagine you have like the opportunity within the first year and at Michigan to change if you'd like. So kind of, yeah, kind of, no. I mean, there's that first author paper thing that's kind of just like hanging over your head. So uh, and most, pe- most people like, I mean, most people don't want to switch either because they like what they do. I mean, it happens. Um, there, there was just, uh, there, there's one uh, lady in my class uh, below me. She just switched because she wasn't interested and it was very respectful to the professor. And she's just like, yeah, this is not, not what I want to do. And it was a pretty clean change, but she did it very early. She did it within like the first few months. Um, but yeah, you really can't, it, it's kind of tough because you can't do that here because then you'll have like a year to complete the paper. Now, my guess is if this like really needed to happen where after the first year you needed to change, the department would probably make an exception for you. I, I won't guarantee that. They're very understanding here. They, they listen to us. Um, but it's not very common because I think a if you, anything in astrophysics that you choose is cool. Like I said, I if I would have ended up working with with Monica and you know studying the dark matter halo of 
the Milky Way, I'm sure I would have loved it, but I just didn't love it as much as what I do now. And so, um, and, and most people I think are fine with really any, any field of astrophysics. Like I don't study planets and they're probably the things that I know the least amount, uh, amount about. So, but I, if I, if I did it, if I did a exoplanet project, I'm sure I would love it. Um, I just, again, there's the, 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 the department wants you here, but they also want to get you out of here. Right. They, they want, they want to produce successful, um, graduates and to do that is to get them the tools they need, kick them out and bring in the new ones. So, um, and Pertaining to that, when at the end they pat you on the head and say, good job, you are now a Dr. Pratt, uh, congratulations, what, what's the plan going to be then? Are you going to be, are you going to do more research, go into something else, switch gears entirely? Because yeah, mm. you mentioned at the beginning, like senior year, you wanted to be an astrophysic or astrophysicist, but you said that you weren't sure what that exactly entails. So I assume you've changed or at least have more concrete plans than you did senior year. Yeah, I mean, I was 18 years old when I decided yeah. I wanted to be an astrophysicist, right? <laughs> and then you need you, and then after after undergrad, then most people they get their degree and they're just like, okay, now career, what am I gonna do? And so I haven't really had to make that decision yet because I just kind of continued my my education. Mm -hmm. Um, but like 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 I was saying earlier, like life kind of happens at least at our age i feel like i feel like it happens in like four or five year increments where you need to look for the next thing because that's kind of like if you go to college that's like how life you know transgresses in, in, in four years you're out and then at grad school it's another five six you're out so you need to figure out it kind of by then um but yeah when, when i was 18 years old i was just like yeah, I don't, I don't care about really anything. I just want to become the best astrophysicist I, I can be. And then you get older and you learn things. And, um, you know, for me, I, I've actually decided to, to not stay in academia for various reasons. Um, but they're, they're not, they're, they're very personal reasons, I, I would say. Um, I think probably the biggest reason for me is when I'm out of here, I want the, the power, like the, the full power to decide where I live. Like I said, geographics was a big thing for me when I was choosing schools. I, I really want to have the freedom to go live wherever I want. Now, you know, for to continue in academia, you have, you apply for postdocs and like very competitive and it's basically like you kind of don't know where you're going to end up. You're going to go wherever you get accepted. So there was a, a grad student here that graduated last year. He's in Shanghai, Japan. I've never been to Japan before, but now he lives there. Like, so that, that's Is a huge thing. Or Shang Is there a Shanghai in Japan as well? Uh, oh, wait, did I get that wrong then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, anyways, yeah, he, he's never been to Shanghai, um, but now he lives there. Um, so that's a, that's a huge change in your life mm. um and so i i want the power to decide that now i don't even know where i where i really want to live you know and i've i kind of keep telling myself like i really like snowboarding i want to live in the mountains you know i have a lot of friends in minnesota that i grew up with maybe i want to live in minnesota um 
you know, uh, I, I have a lot of friends that moved out to San Diego, including the buddy I was telling you about. Do I want to go live there? I have a sister in Texas. I love Texas. Do I want to go there? Do I even want to live in the U.S.? Like, the world is so big. I, I literally have never been overseas. So, like, the only other country I've been to is Mexico. So, like, I, there's so much of the world I haven't even explored yet. And so, I don't really want a, a job where they're going to tell me where to live. It could be kind of cool, like put put yourself in a scramble and just you know wherever you end up, like <laughs> that'd be that'd be kind of a fun game. But like you know, I don't know if I really want to do that. Um, and and then the other thing is, and this is just kind of like the unfortunate truth, is that in in academia they really do exploit kind of people's thirst for knowledge. And I I truly do think researchers in, in the sciences field do get underpaid. Um, quite a bit actually for the the amount of work that that we do and um it, it happens um but you know for for me going forward i'm still very undecided um like i said i still i love science that's that's what brought me here into astrophysics in the first place right i i didn't even know if i was going to do physics i thought i was going to do biochemistry now something i feel very strongly about is actually like climate change and renewable energy and now i have the i have skills of a data scientist basically that's what you most people learn i think in um graduate school in undergrad um is they teach you how to code and they teach you how to analyze data you can do that for astronomy you could do that for a tech company you could do that for Vail resorts you could do it for you know any anything like you you have it. You have a skill set, and actually, uh, we did this. Uh, a, um, a group of grad students and I. We entered a data science challenge that was put on here at Michigan. It was um, Michigan's basketball team data over the last two seasons, and like their game schedule and their record. And they're like, "Take this data. Tell us what you find." And um, that was really cool. And that's like something that I that is the sort of thing I can just really see myself doing um, is, and that's something I really enjoy. And this is what science really brings out is it lets you look at evidence and decide what it's telling you based on, you know, you need to learn statistics and everything like this, but you need to convince yourself and others that something is there. And I think that's a very important skill, very desirable skill um, that, that people will want. So, as far as, as where I go next, guys, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Um, I've got a few years to think about that. But, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily staying in, in astrophysics. I will definitely be connected with astrophysics. I will always I'll probably go on archive, you know, every once in a while just to see what's, what's been released and what, what people are up to. Um, but, you know, like I'm, I'm ready to, to move on to, to something else that I find to be passionate about. Um, there's a lot of things I'm passionate about, like I already mentioned a few, but that's, that's what my, my goal in life is, is next is to do again, what I want to, to gain knowledge and, um, just kind of grow as a person, um, and easier said than done. Yep. The, yeah. Those are horribly difficult questions to have to ask yourself. And it's the 
that it's shocking how slowly options close because I was pretty convinced that even though I wanted to do loads of things in life, if I studied physics, there a clear path would start to, to draw itself. And then the clear path has not drawn itself and there's even more doors than there used to be. And the path just never seems to close, which is kind of good and bad. It, it's not great, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's not, it's not a problem because you do just roll with how life seems to be presenting itself. And I've never found myself to have to make gut wrenching decisions. I just kind of go with the flow of how things go. And that's that. Like, like I said, don't take life too seriously. And like, you have to go with the flow. Like you, you can't rewind. Like life just keeps going forward and you know, it's, it's kind of like a golf shot, right? You know, you, you aim for the pin, but sometimes you, you go a little wide right in the bunker. And it, it could be a good shot out of the bunker. You never know. Like, <laughs> And, oh, and last question. Are you, when you were, what, what, why did you take a gap year between undergrad and grad school? Did you think about dropping out or uh, did you think about not continuing with grad school and pursuing snowboard or another job or were you pretty set on grad school and that was just a year out to relax <laughs> this is this is kind of funny um so i i i kind of wanted to go straight in into grad school right right mm -hmm. after and i didn't tell them until I think it was the day before decision day. It's like April 15th or something like that. Mm. I emailed them and told them that like, Hey, is it okay if um, I, I take a gap year? And they, they were totally fine with it. And I think most programs are, if, if they're not, I think you don't want to go to that program then mm. if they're not that understanding. Um, to be truthful, the person who convinced me to stay was uh, one of my best friends and my roommate. And they're like, they're like, you go to grad school or, or you should take a gap year and snowboard with me. And I did mm. best year of my life. Like I honestly, like out of everything that like, you know, I've learned in school and everything like that, you know, and I became like a valet, you know, it, it was kind of just nice to, to change my life and just do everything else that I enjoyed other than school. Yeah. So it just, it just meant like hanging out with my friends, my dog, hiking um go, just traveling um going stargazing and not like having this hectic lifestyle to to report to i mean i worked like you know from like uh 3 to 11 p.m so i had all day i would literally wake up at 6 a.m drive to the mountains be there by 8 snowboard till like 12 and then go back and work like you know, you can't really do that anywhere else. And I can't, definitely couldn't do that today with like research because like you're dead tired. But like if, if you're working like a customer service job like that, it's not the end of the world <laughs> if you're a little tired. So, um, but it like I said, it was one of, one of the best decisions that I, I think I've made in my life. And that was kind of just like one of those moments where like, I was just like, ah, I don't know what to do. And then I just did it. Mm. And it, it turned out being great um i i got to do things that like i've always wanted to do in colorado that like you know undergrad prevented me from doing because i had homework and, and things like that like um 
I got to see my family more. I went to go visit my sister in Texas. Um, you know, I, and I also, uh, this was a big thing, was I had time to look for housing. Because otherwise you get accepted in April and then you have to look for a house that you're gonna overpay for in a really bad location. So um, I got on top of that. Um, and, and yeah, I just really was just nice to just chill and not worry about school. And because school is a lot, it eats up a lot of your time and you have to sacrifice your time for that from doing other things that you enjoy doing because it's worth it. But you know, you are missing out on, on those things. And I think part of that actually helped, definitely helped me grow as a person because I had, I had the year to think, what do I value other than science? You know, like it really, I really got to express myself in that way. Um, and, you know, I, I figured out that like, I just love being outdoors um, and I love learning, uh, learning new things just like in general. So like learning how to cook new things is, that was really fun too. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, I did a lot of camping in my year off. I snowboarded for literally a month. I was there 31 days. It was great. Um, yeah, and just, you know, remembering that like, here's, here's the other thing too, this, is that you're, you're only like this age once. And that's one of the scariest things to me. Believe me, did I want to live in a van, travel the country and snowboard? <laughs> yeah. That would be very cool. <laughs> that would be great, you know, yeah. but it's just, you know, life doesn't really permit you to do that. If, if, but I mean, again, you could, I mean, I could have, but I just had other goals, right? Um, yeah. Things that I value more. So, but believe me, and I still think about this, and I think this is probably one of the biggest things among grad students is that we, we do kind of feel like we're a little bit wasting our early 20s. Um, and it, but we're not at the same time, but like, you know, it, it's, really, it's really weird. Um, cause we are doing incredible things. We're literally learning how the universe is built and mm. has evolved over time, but I don't get to snowboard like, you know, so it's, it's give take. I, everybody feels it. Um, but it's a sacrifice, right? You have to make sacrifices in life all the time. So it, the gap here was, was it, was it for me necessary for a lot of people? I've heard that they, they totally stand by the fact that they didn't, they didn't want to do it. Um, there was one grad student who graduated college, got married, and moved to Ann Arbor within like a month. And I was just like, ow, that like hurts to think about. And, but she did it and she's happy. She, you know, that's, that's, that was her choice, how she wanted to live her life. And that, that suited her, like, you know, and everybody's different, right? So, yeah. yeah. But I think, as you mentioned before, like you said, it's a sacrifice knowing that you have to be there doing graduate school and your research for five or six years. But as you said before, it's also like a passion of yours and you've been questioning and being skeptical of things all your life. And so it seemed only natural for you yeah. to continue with it. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, there, there are a lot of things I, I want to learn. Right. And I, like I said, I think, I think from, really my initial vision when I was like 18 and was like, you know, I really just want, I want to learn. I really, like I said, I want to learn what we are and where we are. And 
I think I'm pretty satisfied with what I've learned in, in that thus far. And, you know, everything else is kind of minor details. I can't wait for us to find life on Mars. That's going to be great. Um, and I, I really do think it's going to happen in, in our lifetime. And, you know, like, it's just like from, from that point on, again, it, it takes expertise to answer these little tiny questions moving forward. And, you know, I want to be part of a, a different big picture, whatever it may be. Um, but like I said, I, I will never, ever let astrophysics is literally a part of who I am now. It always will be a part of who I am. Um, I would just not be thinking about it behind a computer as, as much. Maybe I will, you know, maybe, maybe I'll find a job where I can still maybe do research and, you know, not be in academia. You know, there, there are, there are positions like this, um, you know, and I don't have to do a postdoc and like yada, 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 like all that kind of stuff. But, you know, maybe I find myself working with satellites. Actually, I know a professor from Boulder who um, he actually left academia. Um, he was there. He was there for quite some time. I want to say there he was at least there for like 15 years or something like that as a associate professor. And he left academia and, and he actually wrote um, an article about it. Um, so if anybody's interested, it's actually a really good piece. His name is Charles Danforth. And he's, it's like why leaving academia is okay. And he, he's a real dude. Like he, he gets it. He, he lays it out like, look, like I got a family that I, I need to attend to. Mm -hmm. I've got like this. But he's, and he like puts it all in like perspective. And, but he also sees the other side. He's just like, people stay because of this reason. I left because of this reason. And it's, it's a really good piece. He, that definitely had impact on making my decision. I don't think it was the sole impact, but you know, it was pretty big. I, I trusted the guy. I really did. I had a great relationship with him. Um, kind of like an older sibling figure. So, um, but yeah. My, yeah. my perspective has definitely changed over the past couple of years. Um, in terms of like where I, when I was a freshman, I always thought like, you go to graduate school for astronomy or physics or research and you come out and eventually you're in academia as a professor, first the postdoc. Uh, but it really wasn't until maybe the past year as we started coding more in classes or taking more, learning about more statistics. And earlier uh, this year, we had a professor on and he stressed that, you know, physics, astronomy or math doesn't make you a, isn't going to make you a professor. It's going to make you, the, the point of it as an undergraduate degree is to make you a basically a data scientist where you can manipulate data and you can go out into the world and you have the choice to continue with academia, but you also have plenty of other options. And so it's really only been like the past year or so that I've realized that like, that's not well, just the yeah, only option. Yeah. I mean, but to be honest, Mike, like it's just kind of now being brought into light. Like I think like I, I really didn't hear much of it either. Like as I was an undergrad, it was terrible. But I think I think there's a lot more information that's that's coming out now. I think people are realizing that people who like love astrophysics don't necessarily want to stay in it. And so, what, what the hell are they going to do with their degree? So I think more more information is coming out. And actually, um, um, I, I've gone to a couple of talks that have come uh, through Michigan. There's this company called Two Sigma. Um, they they're like a finance company. Yeah. But what they do is they, they um, they, they, for instance, they have ways of analyzing images 
telling you whether or not this product is like favorable and, and stuff like that. And like, should you invest, blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's like kind of, it's, it's almost the same. It sounds to me like the same thinking that you do just on a different problem. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people, I was definitely really worried about that. It wasn't, I, I, it was definitely something that was in my head when I was an undergrad. It was just like, okay, I'll go to grad school. I'll buy myself some more time to figure out what I want to do. Um, but it was kind of like through that process where I was just like, and like I said, you watch yourself develop, you watch yourself become a better scientist in general, data scientist, really. Um, and so, and you just be really surprised with the, the amount of the, there's a lot more recognition that's kind of coming to light of this. At least I didn't hear much about it when I was an undergrad. I'm starting to hear more about it here. So I'm just kind of hoping that it's growing and it sounds like it is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think, I think that was it. Thank you for talking to us and thank joining you for joining us today. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for being so candid and interesting. Yeah, of course. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. This is Michael. This is Sam. This is Tommy. And this is Joe. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to leave a review. All of the show notes can be found either in the description below or on our website. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week with more Everything Astronomy.